0: Welcome to Couples Help Podcasts. Please visit Couples Help website to see how I could be of assistance on your journey to intimacy and connection. Today we talk about the self-reflective partner or the greatest gift when you have someone in your life that lives in self-reflection. One of the greatest gifts to a relationship is a self-reflective partner. Someone that is able to step out of his or her own perspective of their reality or their world and try seeing the world from another's perspective. But most importantly wants to see themselves as others see them. And this isn't an easy task. Other people also don't see us as we are. They project a lot of unconscious material onto us from their own shadows. So self-reflection is not asking people what they think of us and making it, making changes then, or how they see us and then building on that. Rather, it's listening to them so that we can use that as a starting point to look in the mirror, asking what my contributions to our relationship nightmares is. I get a lot of partners phoning me to set up a meeting before we meet as a couple to explain their side so that I could know that it's not them, but it's their partner's fault that they're in this space. They want to come to therapy so that I could tell their partners that they should change, and when they change, the relationship knot would be resolved. If it was that easy, if a relationship therapist could just discern who is the wrong one and then convince that person to change. But relationships are much more complicated than this. Both are almost always at fault. Not just by doing the wrong things or saying the wrong things or acting in the wrong way. But what I want to show you today is that a lot of the hurt is just by being in a particular personality and not living in our essence. Who we are, most of the times, as people that developed in a certain way or has developed certain personality characteristics, that is what is hurtful to people. That is the unconscious material that is living in the spaces between the two of us. What I'm saying is that most of us live in a personality. And personality comes from the Latin word persona, meaning mask. It is a mask to cover up what we believe unconsciously is missing or covering up for what we believe is needed to be loved. And a personality is not our essence which is open, soft and vulnerable. It is an adaptation to childhood pains and struggles. It is a way we learn to cope with not being fully accepted in our essence. A personality is a pattern that has formed from the messages that we got from childhood. That our emotions are not fully welcome in this world. That losing is not accepted. That being kind is not accepted, that you need to be strong. It's unconscious messages we received from our childhood caregivers. And we adapted to that, believing that if we make that adaptations, we would be fully loved. But just as our persona formed, because we were conditionally mirrored, or we got messages that we need to make adaptations to be loved, our personas give the same message. To the world. We struggle to be fully alive to the beauty of others. That which is different to our persona is dangerous. And the theme in our personalities is always them and me. That which is different from the mask I'm wearing and that which I perceive as not being part of me or like me is dangerous and it should be conquered or avoided. In our personalities, It's always about survival. So just by living in our personalities or being a certain personality is hurtful to our partners and our children and the people in our life. We are either conquering or fighting that which is different or avoiding intimacy with the fear of being defeated. Thus, in my opinion... This connection in a relationship is the deep unconscious dance of figuring out who I am with you and who you are with me. If my I or my personality is overdeveloped, there wouldn't be enough room for the others in their differences. And what is different would be blamed and shamed. And if the I, my I or my persona or personality is a small one, I would probably feel smothered and invisible and would blame and shame that what I perceive to be bigger than me. It is a survival knot that both contribute to. So I start all my sessions by inviting individual partners to the place of self-reflection, looking at the self. The truth is not when you change, our relationship would change. The truth is when I change, the relationship change. Rumi, a very old philosopher said that when I was young, I wanted to change the world. But now that I'm old, I only change myself, and the world would change. And what I've discovered during the years is that having a partner opposite you that are willing to look in the mirror, that is the greatest gift. Someone seeing their own personality patterns that is hurtful and blaming and shaming and causing disconnection in the relationship – A person that is willing to look at the self. And a lot of times the relationship shifts immediately if two people look into their own souls. What is my contribution to the hurt? And a lot of times the relationship changes immediately, instantly, from blaming and shaming to deep intimacy and kindness if people get that right. So, what is self reflection? Sometimes the term self-observer is used. In many of the spiritual traditions, it is the highest form of emotional evolution and the deepest form of love. We don't do this naturally. It is difficult for our soul to look at itself and admit hurt it causes because the fear is always, they would not love me if they see me as I truly am. Imagine a little four-year-old boy stealing cookies and then breaking the jar, running away and hiding. And on finding him, the mother asks in a serious voice, Was it you? A voice full of blame and shame, apparently knowing it was the boy. And see the little boy denying the truth, even when threatened. Because the fear is, I will be rejected for this bad behavior. And what he thought would happen, happened an angry mother threatening him with the wrath of his father. What should have happened is a mother going to the boy, hiding, saying, I know it was you. I know four-year-olds will not break jars on purpose. Don't hide. You are still deeply loved. Come, look, I already cleaned up the mess. I would like you to next time ask me to help you to get a cookie. And if it's not the right time to have a cookie, we can discuss the matter. But we don't have a lot of those encounters with our our mistakes. And same fears persist in our marriage. The fear when I acknowledge that I wouldn't be loved and be threatened with the wrath of my partner. And the fear exists that I would be rejected. And in all personality types, in all the middle stages of people... The biggest fear is being rejected. So self-reflection takes courage. A deep belief or discovering belief that I would still be loved and I would not stop existing if I truly look at myself, see the beauty in my essence, the beauty in my soul, but also being honest, about the personality traits and personality adaptations that causes hurt in this world and the people that I try to love. It is stretching to the belief that intimacy and connection only happens when a soul is truly open to itself and the truth about the self, and growing in vulnerability, and not just surviving and fighting to keep a certain personality or persona or mask intact. So self-reflection or the self-observer, it's first of all accepting that we are not perfect and we are not loved because we are perfect, but because we are liked and adored. Secondly, it's not the same as having self-critique. Self-critique is looking at yourself from a place of blaming and shaming and hatred. Self-observance is going to a place of curiosity, asking with softness, Who am I? Who did I become? The willingness to take off the mask and stretch beyond the behaviors that we learned in childhood, believing that there is so much more and stretching into actions that will help us live a more connected life. Thirdly, it's not just acknowledging or seeing what you do wrong or where you cause hurt. It's also where you get to embrace all of you. And fourthly, growing in self love. It's widening the eye of appreciation for seeing your mask, but also discovering your essence and the gifts that you live with every day, and that you sometimes also struggle to acknowledge and embrace. Somehow, not seeing our faults and the masks also keeps us from seeing the beauty inside of us. It's learning to be compassionate. With the small child inside of you. Knowing that my bad behaviors doesn't translate into me being a bad person. But that the bad behaviors are messages. Of someone seeking love and longing for connection. But someone that doesn't have the words or the ability to voice that or ask for that. And sometimes our bad behaviors is also saying that we don't know how to be close to people. And learning to be compassionate with ourselves will also help us be compassionate with others. So what to do? First of all, I think conscious couples will learn to embrace your own bad behaviors and your partner's bad behaviors as an opportunity for growth. Growing out of blaming and shaming But calling out what needs to change. Mostly, bad behavior is a resistance to growth. Secondly, what helps is name what hurts. Help your partner see and ask for what hurts. What I mean by that is rather than saying you are a bully, saying I feel bullied by you when you do this, or saying to your partner you're such an aggressive person, saying you've got aggressive behavior. And being bold enough to ask your partner, what do I do that cause hurt? What do I do in your presence that makes you feel not loved? Conscious couples help each other to ask deeper questions. Not blaming and shaming, but ask deeper questions when hurtful actions arise. Helping your partner not by saying, what you do hurts me, but asking deeper questions like, Why do you think you do this? What do you think this means when you do this? Where do you think this comes from? Were you always like this? Do you see other people from your childhood story that had the same reactions? Or how do you feel when you do this or say this? This could help couples to grow out of reactivity into self-observance and self-knowledge. What's also important, if couples could create a conscious space where they can dialogue or have conversations about their actions. Being self-observant and realizing things about yourself and being open and honest with that with a a person or a partner is very important. Coming home after a long day of work and saying, I was aggressive today and what happened to me was this and what I thought was this. And just listening with kindness and softness to each other will help couples a lot to grow in self-observance and self-awareness. So what could help you develop a inner observer or a self-observer? Slowing down. Stepping out of daily life. Looking at yourself. Sometimes being busy keeps us out of self-reflection. Just surviving and doing life. We are overcharged and busy. Just to slow down. And look at yourself as a character inside a story or a movie. And becoming curious why does this person do what he does or she does? Why does she say what she says? Why does she get upset? Why does she get excited when this happens? Maybe keeping a journal next to your bed, just 10 minutes before you go to bed, to reflect on your day, on your connection with people on relationships, on what you did, on your words, on your actions, on your emotions. It will create the rhythm and the ritual of stopping and to look at yourself and not just allow life to happen with you or to be an autopilot within your persona, your personality, but really becoming curious and conscious. Who is this soul living in this body and how is it acting out in the world? Maybe what could help us is if we could start listening with true openness and softness to people that is in relationship with us. This is a bit dangerous because all people's opinions of us is reflections from their shadow. But something true is in there as well. To listen with openness and ask yourself, what is true about this? What is true about the hurt that is projected onto me? And just to become curious what people say about your presence in their lives. Maybe we could be bold enough to start asking questions. How does it feel being my friend? What hurts you the most about my personality? What hurts you the most about my person? How does it feel to be daddy's little girl? How does it feel to be mommy's little boy? How does it feel to be my husband? How does it feel to be my wife? How does it feel to work for me? Asking questions like that takes a lot of boldness. What also could help is from time to time you could look at your whole life story, reflecting on the relationship, visiting your life story like an old photo album, stopping at each relationship and seeing yourself interacting and acting out in that space. Places you visited, experiences you had, people that was in your life that's not there anymore, people that was there and is still part of your life. Just becoming curious about all the things that happened in your life and how you acted out and was present in those moments. I think that is all things that could help you to develop the ritual of being a self-observant partner and really starting to see... Your personality as an adaptation to pain in in this world and not something that is coming from your essence that could help you to stretch out of that and pass that into new behaviors that will help you to live in deep connection. Imagine the gift of a self reflective partner or a self reflective parent. Be the gift to your partner. Maybe if we start seeing ourselves with clarity, empathy, and kindness. Others could reach us and we could be available to unconditional love. Maybe we'd discover that we were deeply loved all this time. But our surviving and the self-preservation keep us in isolation and believing the big lie that we are alone. Please remember, our journey is not to love but to learn how to be loved. If we could start love ourselves fully and see ourselves fully, then others would be able to do the same for us. May you be the gift to your family, a self-observant lover. Thank you for listening.